Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB. I'm Andrew Gagan, joined by Scuddy as usual. Scuddy, how's your week been? Mate, it's been great. It's a Friday. I hope your week's been good as well. Indeed. In fact, uh, fair to say, uh, not as manic as last week, was it really? Uh, certainly, probably not as much data. My God, this, uh, the number of RPA statements and, uh, and releases we've seen this week, uh, enough to go and last a lifetime. But uh, yeah, it feels like it's a calm before the storm. Of course, we had all that volatility with GameStop and, uh, and Silver and everything else, which is going to peter it out uh, earlier this week. But I think next week is going to get manically busy here at Ausbiz with the, uh, really the start of our local reporting season really getting underway. Yep. We're talking earnings next week, big time. I'm certainly looking forward to that also but um yeah, you mentioned the rba obviously they, they we, i haven't seen phil low as much this week as ever since he's been around really i mean he's popped up every second day at least hasn't he yeah or even sometimes on the same day uh, of course today the uh <laughs> the, the parliamentary inquiry uh, yeah uh, and just testifying in front of uh, parliament and then of course uh had uh, this somp release today we had a speech from on wednesday we had the uh monetary policy statements uh on tuesday which really conveyed a lot of the information in that document which was impressive in the uh, the fact that it was only one page so we've uh, spent uh, our time dissecting that word by word and probably a little bit ad nauseum by the end of today. So I think we have heard enough from the RBA. Yeah. I think I might, um, I might go and write a review at some point in the next week or two about uh, maybe the RBA's requirement to go and do a meeting uh, every month now, pretty much with the fact that we're going to be looking at uh, no change in the cash rate at least until uh, you know, probably 2023, 2024. No, You've got to find something else to write about, haven't you? But uh, look, clearly the, uh, the RBA worried about the Aussie dollar still. Um, and making the point that it is a bit of a race to the bottom as far as QE is concerned, and that's why they had to move. Otherwise, the Aussie would have gone in the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, I understand that at the same time, but uh, I, I'm questioning. I think that they said uh, their forecast today and uh, the model said that uh, the for longer dated bond yields, uh, reduced them by about 30 basis points and what otherwise would have been the case. And that would have flowed through to the currency markets. But I find the currency markets move more or less off uh, the, the shorter end of the, uh, the bond curve. And that's been pinned down by uh, yield curve control. So I'm not entirely convinced that, uh, that it is having much of an impact on the Aussie dollar. We saw it briefly get uh, knocked lower. But the big story this week's not been the RBA. It's been the US dollar resurgence and a raft of better than expected U.S. data, uh, albeit not uh, roaring by any stretch of the imagination, but the U.S. economy seems to be faring much better than what many people first thought. Yes, that's the story of everything going up, isn't it? Now, normally we see that, that inverse correlation between the, the U.S. dollar and stocks, but they're both going up. That uh, the Team America is, uh, is coming back. There's so many people <laughs> writing it off, and uh, including myself, and I'm still not convinced that the uh, move will last. I still think that we're going to see a cyclical recovery around the world, which generally goes and feeds through to asset prices uh, you know, uh, compared to the U.S. You know, outperform. 
but uh, for the time being, uh, those US markets are looking pretty tempting, particularly when you compare it to uh, what's mm. going on in Europe. Yeah, of course, um, we're still talking about the reopening story, but not to the point where our borders are going to reopen. And and that's an issue just as far as Australia's population growth is concerned. Um, that's essentially anemic, at least that's the way that Stuart Roberts, co-founder of Stocks Down Under, looks at it. And that is a problem going forward. Mind you, Australia does have a higher birth rate than many other OECD countries. That's a good thing. He's looking forward to some policy changes. But Scotty, I should say this is contingent on the next election and should Labor win because he's liking what the ALP are putting up at the moment, particularly as far as free childcare is concerned, or at least providing some uh, further assistance there. We, so we saw that at the beginning of the pandemic, of course, and, and the effect that that had. Yeah, uh, and I'm a big advocate for it as well. Uh, I'd like to go and see more government involvement in that space and go and uh, have it subsidised because I think from a productivity perspective, uh, allowing everyone who can work, and that includes both men and women, uh, that uh, no, give them the opportunity to go and do so without having to go and, uh, and make the choice of either looking after the kids or working. Uh, we can go and employ people in the childcare space and we can go and have uh, their parents uh, working in the, uh, in the, the labour force. And uh, to me, that will be a much more uh, better outcome for, uh, for all of us. Yeah, so uh, just uh, you know, further than that, Stuart's, uh, he's actually bullish on some of those education stocks. I guess, you know, it is part of that reopening story, but particularly he's looking at G8 education and think childcare. But yeah, really hard to say as to when that international board is going to open up and when we actually, uh, the universities and the like, uh, get their students back. Yeah, of course. I think he was uh, referring to some of the data about the birth rate. I think it's like 1.67 or 1.7 or so uh, births per woman here in Australia. So, of course, replacement rate, uh, we're going backwards. So uh, that's where that migration story comes in. So once the uh, the international border opens, whenever that occurs, hopefully uh, we'll start getting a bit more, I know, movement probably towards the end of this year, maybe early next year. Uh, but of course, that's why the government has been so keen to go and have uh, migration pretty strong because otherwise uh, our economy and our population will be going backwards because we simply wouldn't be able to go and replicate ourselves uh, over and over again. Well, obviously, with all that stimulus floating around the system, uh, look, someone's got to benefit. And uh, particularly as far as those policy settings by the RBA are concerned, banks seem to be a beneficiary uh, going forward. Uh, I don't know how you're looking at that sector at the moment, Scotty. We're going to get uh, further indication, I guess, obviously next week when with earnings, the CBA, CBA and the like, uh, with their uh, reporting and perhaps uh, some movement there as far as dividends are concerned, which we've been missing, of course, during the pandemic, and also further guidance. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, this is uh, just my own personal view. It's uh, certainly not uh, investment advice, but I've been bullish on the banks for a long time, uh, way before the actual announcement of the other uh, vaccines that came out. Uh, just thought the cyclical recovery, you've got to look ahead in markets. Uh, everyone was so pessimistic about the banks. There's going to be you know, everything falling over, like you know, bad debt provisions through the roof. Uh, then I just happened to go and you know, have a look what's going on with the data, which I've obviously found, uh, followed pretty closely over my career. And they're starting to go look around the property market, uh, uh, midway through last year and I knew there and then particularly in Sydney which is uh, one of those problem spots that I thought may be a real issue demand for housing was there and uh, I changed my tact pretty quickly when mm. it came to the financials listen Scotty if you're just holding stocks at the moment is it worthwhile looking at what's going on with bond yields 100%. If you don't watch the bond curve, uh, do so at your peril because uh, we'll see a situation probably sometime this year. I don't want to go and give the timing because, of course, I can't go and predict that. But at some point this year, I reckon we're going to have a mini taper tantrum or we're going to have the back end of the curve go and flick up. And uh, those growth sectors that we've seen, so we're talking healthcare, we're talking uh, information technology, 
they're going to be pressured because the valuations uh, that spat out by the models uh, will be absolutely hammered by that lift in yields. It's all about that Tina trade. So when you hear about no, there's no alternative because the yields on offer in, uh, in fixed income are so poor. So people are being forced to go out uh, further out the risk spectrum into equities. Once you start seeing that, uh, that yield curve steepen up, yields become a bit more uh, no, appealing and actually in real terms go positive you'll see money flow to it and that will come out of the equity market yeah in fact we're seeing obviously the 10-year bond yields topping 1.2 percent uh it's a long way from where we were as far as that low of 0.6 percent back in march uh 2019 but uh obviously all helped along by uh the rba uh further qe uh proposed obviously perhaps people even thinking about qe 3.0 coming further in the year yeah, look, uh, I think more so it just reflects that people are getting increasingly confident about the economic recovery here and what it will look like in the future, what interest rates may go and start to normalize to over that kind of period of time. The one thing that not only the nominal level of 10-year yields is currently about 124-odd basis points when I last looked. As you said, that's more than double what the uh, the trough was uh, during the peak of the pandemic last year. But the shape of the threes, tens curve, so three-year yields and 10-year yields, you know, if you're going to subtract the latter from the former, it's now the steepest the curve's been in about seven years. Uh, that's generally an environment where people are trying to price in better growth outcomes, more inflation, and higher interest rates. All right, so uh, bond proxies, they're our focus. Look, rather than stock of the day, we thought we'd do topic of the day. And uh, Rudy Philippic van Dijk from FN Arena and Claude Walker from A Rich Life joined Koshi on the call. Uh, and they're asked to give some of their stocks that they believe which stand a benefit most from those rising bond yields? A lot of equities are, uh, the valuations are indirectly based off bond yields, essentially. Right. So uh, if bonds become more attractive, higher yield, then equities become less attractive. Right. And for example, a stock like CSL hasn't moved this year, uh, it's bond yields. It's, right. it's a very important input there. One of the reasons why stocks like an APA group uh, uh, is, is down this year, bond yields. Right. So bond yields really change the dynamic in the share market. Mm -hmm. I've been telling people, if you are interested this year in yield or income stocks, you have to change your focus. Right. Because everything that simply offers a, a high yield and no growth is gonna, basically, is gonna, is gonna fall in price. A portfolio like mine with a lot of high growth stocks uh, will suffer badly in an environment where uh, bond yields are going up quickly. Um, for those uh, people that are interested in income, uh, my idea would be to buy an ETF, which will go down with the overall market, uh, but should still um, diversify. And um, the, there's, a, there's an ETF called the UMAX ETF, which generates additional income by um, selling calls, I think it is. So it sort of will slightly dampen the effect of a, of a falling market and still should provide a fairly reliable income since it's spread over so many companies. All right, so there are some of the stocks set to benefit, uh, mining, energy, banks, of course, also, Scuddy. Yeah, that's got an idea in my head. Maybe, um, maybe one day we'll go and try and get some uh, some credit analysts uh, or credit I know investors on, and maybe do a call with uh, with uh, uh, commercial bonds and see what uh, what uh, what you want to do. How do you want to play the uh, no, the bond curve and movements there? Maybe I uh, know dabble in that space. It seems to be an area from my perspective that here in Australia there's it's far neglected uh, and much bigger elsewhere in the world. So uh, maybe I'll try and uh, get Koshi to get involved. We'll see if I have any luck. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that.
Uh, <laughs> next week, another big week. Of course, we mentioned earnings and we've seen those earnings out of the States. Also seen some significant data out of the States too, which is showing perhaps some strength on the upside to a surprise given where they're still dealing with that pandemic. Uh, the numbers are still horrific, but um, that underlying sort of economic strength, do you find that surprising, Scotty? Uh, in the services side of the economy, yes. Uh, so I get a really strong impression now why that uh, virus is ravaging through the country because simply Americans don't seem to want to be uh, no, uh, stuck in home. Uh, mm. Unlike mm. the Europeans who are you know, majority are locked down at the moment uh, in one form or another. Um, but it has been... All the West Australians with no cases and they're locked down. Yeah, and uh, wearing masks inside. Hopefully, you know, come 6pm, I know Australian uh, Western Daylight Time this afternoon, if we can go and have a beer and enjoy the weekend and not be locked down. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, the service side of the US economy has been really impressive. I still believe, though, that what we'll see is as this vaccine rolls out, uh, we'll start seeing the pandemic loosen its grip a little bit. Europe will start coming back to the fold as well. Uh, lots of stimulus in place. And then once you start combining that with EM, a lot of enthusiasm there. I still think that US exceptionalism that drove so much strength in US equities and the US dollar over the past, I don't know, three or four years prior to the pandemic uh, may go and lessen a little bit and we'll see uh, you know, the US dollar weaken, maybe some underperformance of US stocks relative to other parts of the world. Well, we'll get a, a, a further reading on that um, certainly later on tonight, uh, US non-farm payrolls, labor force participation and the overall unemployment rate at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I know that a lot of the revisions that come through, I think about 100,000 payrolls increase has been put through. Uh, I'll add the caveat that, uh, and it probably will get lost in the market movements anyway, but uh, seasonality during uh, January is extreme. So I can really throw up some quite uh, unusual numbers. So be prepared for that. If there is a stronger than expected uh, no underlying result, the seasonality effect will make it seem like a huge month of hiring. So keep an eye on that. Oh, great. And as I mentioned, of course, we're going to be really busy next week covering earnings. It is going to be comprehensive and thorough here on Ausbiz. We're going to smash it. We're experts in the, uh, the field. <laughs> we're going to make sure that we get it right and uh, going to get to you first before anyone else. So make sure that you tune in. Uh, we'll be on air from 8.30 on the dot uh, and we'll be ready to go and roll with all the results as they come in. All right. Looking forward to it. Scuddy, that is the COB for this Friday. Have a great weekend. You too, mate. Let's go raise a beer and uh, go see you on the other side. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.